Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CollegeToPro.com NFL Draft Black, the audio alternative for fans and NFL personnel to know NFL Draft prospects. Join host Bo Mashanti as he brings the next generation of tomorrow's NFL stars to you today. No more than the name. Welcome back to another edition of the C2P. I'm your show host, Bo Marshani, and we do always want you to know more than the name. And you're going to know a lot of names as me and the NFL draft guru himself, Justin Van Foopen, break down our first 2021 NFL mock draft. It's going to be an exciting hour and a half as we get to it. And we might go a little longer. We might go a little below that time frame. But nonetheless, we're going to bring you the top 32 prospects and how we think this NFL draft is going to shake out at the end of this month. And we had breaking news this evening as Sam Donald, the third pick of the 2018 draft, was traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for the sixth pick in 2021, and then a second and a fourth rounder in 22. And I thought that was a pretty considerable price. And then I also thought it was a, kind of a nice bounty uh, for the Jets. I liked it for both sides. Um, Justin, fabulous stuff. Um, we just did our tight end show, and we're going to get to this mock draft. And the listeners out there, you can follow Justin on Twitter at J-V-A-N-F-U-L-P-E-N, and then you can check out his website, Football Next Level. And if you're not familiar with Justin Van Poulpen, he's an NFL agent. He was a collegiate all-star director where he put these all-star games together, which produced NFL draft prospects that made a living in the National Football League. And he also – allows and shares some of his time with us each draft season. With that said, Justin, welcome back. Are you ready to knock this 2021 out, this mock yeah, draft let's, out? Let's, get, let's get, get into it, Bo. All right, my man. Well, you were on the first pick, and uh, you and Urban Meyer are going to make the selection for the Jacksonville Jaguars here at number one. Yeah, and with the, Jackson, with the first picks, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's a big secret. I don't think Jacksonville's trying to hold hold out there as far as what they're going to do there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been the presumable number one overall pick since he entered Clemson there. He was a highly rated high school prospect. There was between him and Justin Fields down there in the state of Georgia who was going to be the number one overall as far as high school prospect as far as rating wise. He goes to Clemson. He's had a ballyhooed career. Won the, high, excuse me, won the national championship his freshman year was always kind of that preseason Heisman hopeful, never won that award, uh, similar to kind of what Peyton Manning never won the Heisman Trophy. But, uh, you know, and again, people are comparing him to the Andrew Lux, the Peyton Mannings, guys that are that lock there. I know you've got your little bit concerns about there. And, and to me, I if you had to pick between Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, I would still pick Andrew Luck over Trevor Lawrence, but I know – for what people are saying, and I think he is a generational guy there. I just don't know if he's to that level yet of, okay, better than Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck when, when those guys came out. Definitely. That's a great comparison. I like that type of uh, analogy where you kind of look at some of the great predominant, presumed number one uh, prospects, generational type guys, 
and Lawrence is the next in line. And, uh, again, a lot of people really, really adore the way he's been able to uh, perform at Clemson, and, you know, they love his athleticism, his arm, his mobility. I mean, he does bring a lot, a lot of intriguing aspects to the position. And, nonetheless, that's why I, I think everyone, we could all basically cement his name in, you know, concrete that Trevor Lawrence will be the number one pick uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that puts me on the clock at number two with the New York Jets. And, you know, we know the 49ers made the big move with the Miami Dolphins to move that third pick. And I was thinking, well, Kyle Hannersham and Robert Sala, the Jets' new coach, they're like best buddies. And now he's taken over the, you know, the Jets team. So I'm sure there were a lot of calls made to the, uh, to from Sala to Shanahan when those two teams were, you know, uh, you know, when the 49ers were moving up. And the, I bet the, the Jets, I bet Kyle Shanahan probably knows uh, who the Jets are going to take. And, uh, you know, this, I'm going to say Zach Wilson, Justin, the BYU quarterback, and he's doing my notes here. He'll be the eighth quarterback since 82 when Jim McMahon came off the board, the eighth BYU quarterback to be taken since 82. But I still will not be shocked if we hear Justin Fields or Trey Lance, or even a Mac Jones, uh, you know, I, I just think, I, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, I do believe there's a little bit of a critique where teams can say, hey, I, I prefer this guy. And I think we saw it last year with that quarterback class. And, and, I, and I'll go back to the Baker Mayfield year where Sam Darnold was the, you know, favorite, the guy that was going to be the number one pick for a long, long time. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield kind of snuck up and, you know, took that reign and, and was the number one quarterback off the board. But I'm going to say Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback. So we got two quarterbacks. Now you're on the clock with the 49ers via the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I think in terms of this is, you know, obviously like you were talking about, San Francisco moved up, made a big forest deal. They've given away, you know, future first-round draft picks there. And the question is, you know, I think everybody presumes that it's going to be Lawrence and then Zach Wilson. Uh, then it's okay. Hey, is, is it? Mac Jones, is that where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch has gone up and, and got there, or is it Justin Fields or Trey Lance? I don't think it's Justin Fields. From all the intel that I've, I've tried to gather from people, it's going to be either Mac Wilson or Trey Lance. If I was making the pick and the GM and the head coach and in that thing, I would be standing on the table and go, let's go get Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback. Obviously, we talked about the quarterbacks, and he was my number three-ranked quarterback there. But what I think the 49ers are going to do is take Mac Jones. I think Kyle Shanahan looks at him as uh, Matt Ryan, you know, as far as his Kirk Cousins, guys who he's had success with. And he saw in terms of what RG3, when he drafted Robert Griffin III, when they made that big trade up and got that athletic guy there, he got injured. And I think in terms of maybe that scares him off. Maybe that's why he doesn't go with the Trey Lance or the Justin Fields, the guys who are more mobile. Because, yeah, RD3 in that offense was ridiculous in far as in that Mike Shanahan-type offense there, you know, what his dad's done and what he's kind of built on there. So I think as far as it's going to be Mac Jones, I would be shocked. I think in terms of if it's, if it's not, just based on what I'm hearing there, um, but, again, if I was doing anything and those two quarterbacks gone off the board, I would take Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is my number three quarterback in this year's draft. So you, but you're going Mac Jones, though, right? Yeah, Mac Jones, yep, yep. Yeah, Mac Jones, but Trey Lance is your guy. And, and I, I told you, being able to see Lance last year play at YSU, um, really fabulous. You know, when you can put the binoculars and see a guy live, that always makes a, a big impression. So we got three quarterbacks going off the top 
of the first round here. We got Lawrence Wilson and Mac Jones brings me to the fourth pick, and I'll have all the even picks and Justin have all the odd picks tonight as we reel down to the 32 picks of the first round of the NFL draft. Um, that puts me with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't know if you know what I just don't see the Falcons taking a quarterback. I mean, I think Matt Ryan will be 36. I mean, he still played adequately. You know, I, I don't know if the Falcons are really in a rebuild, reset mode, and they're going to have their opportunities with Trey Lance or Justin Fields at this spot. But I, I just think with Matt Ryan still intact, and we've kind of seen how quarterbacks have been able to prolong their careers and play into their 40s or get damn well close to it, I just think Matt Ryan last year, I mean, 65% completion rating, the best he's had in a couple of years. So I just think they stick with Ryan, and, and if they're that bad, then they're going to have an opportunity to select a quarterback in 2022. But with that said, I think they go in the interior, and I think they take Penny Sewell, the Oregon Duck uh, tackle. I just think that that's where the Falcons are going to go with this particular pick. And absent of the quarterback being the most important position in the National Football League, I just think that – Absent, uh, you know, I think that Penny Sewell would have been the second pick off the board if it wasn't for quarterback needy teams and as such. But So I'm going to take Penny Sewell, and then that puts you on the board at number five with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and I think that could have been a, the pick with the Cincinnati Bengals there uh, as far as Penny Sewell. Um, so I think they, they that's that far as in that option. But I think in terms of they're going to be looking at pass catchers to try to help as far as Joe Burrow, uh, get some more weapons there. Obviously, A.J. Green left, went to, to Arizona. So I think that the, the question is, do they go Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? I think in terms of, at the end of the day, Joe Burrow has banged the table for Jamar Chase. And I think that's where they go. I think they go ahead and, and match those two guys back up together. Again, Jamar Chase was a Blitnikoff Award winner, had 20 touchdowns there two years ago when Joe Burrow was his quarterback. And I think they, they pair those guys up. And not only they were the LSU Tigers, now they're going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I love it. And, and, you know, and thinking of Jamal or Joe Burrow, I mean, person, I mean, I thought the way he performed prior to the injury and the final year he had at LSU, I mean, I thought he was phenomenal. I, I think he is the real deal, and I know he was the number one pick last year and the Heisman Trophy winner. But, I mean, if I could pick between Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, me personally, Justin, I'm going with Joe Burrow. I don't know where you would go with that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think it'd be really close. I mean, I I think in terms of just just Lawrence is a little bit younger, but I think in terms of that, there, I don't think there's much. There's not as big as a gap as people would would think there is. I probably still lean a little bit on the younger guy as far as Lawrence with the upside, but I see where you know I could definitely see your point, and I think it's a valid you know point there. Yeah, definitely. And again, it, you know, I, and I kind of I'm a suck. I mean, I think I I kind of got the answers to the test a little bit early seeing Burrow play one year and kind of seeing, Hey, you know, he does look like he has the goods and he showed some moxie to be a guy that can, you know, stick around absent of the injury. But in terms of what he was able on the field, you knew that he was kind of living up to that height. So we're on to the sixth pick. And this was the big trade a couple of weeks ago. This was the Miami pick. And then uh, or was this was the Philadelphia pick. And then Miami, they made the trade with the 49ers and then they made the trade with the Eagles. So Miami pick sticks. And I, I believe at this point, Tua Tagovailoa is going to be their quarterback. I don't think they go with Trey Lance or Justin Fields, two quarterbacks that are still on the board. And uh, for me, Justin, this is kind of a 
I know they brought in Will Fuller, the speedster out of Houston, and he's going to be in his, spending his first year in Miami. But I still think they add more and more weapons. And Brian Flores, he's, he spent some time, we know, in New England. And with that said, I think they're going to kind of do a little thing like John U. Smith and, and Hunter Henry like Bill Belichick did in free agency. I think they're going to bring the Florida tight end and then take Kyle Pitts. And then they got Mike Jacecki, the former second rounder out of Penn State. And they can, you know, they can do some creative things. And it's never a bad thing to have good tight ends. And there's so many, and you mentioned this on our receivers, so there's so many talented wide receivers in this draft class that you can kind of take a, 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 not I shouldn't say a flyer on a guy like Kyle Pitts, but you can go in the Kyle Pitts direction and still come back because they still have another first-round pick where they still could get a hell of a guy. So I'm going to take Kyle Pitts off the board and put him in a Miami uniform with the sixth pick, which brings you to your hometown team, the Detroit Lions, at number seven. Yep, that's uh... – the Honolulu blue and silver. What will they do with the new far as far as reign there with Dan Campbell and uh, far as being the new head coach? So I, I think you know basically they're going to try to trade down, but we're we're not mocking trades or doing things like that. I think that's what they they want to do. They only have six six picks in this draft. They need they need to really rebuild, restock that. But again, they're going to have to find a trade partner, and there could be some people as far as maybe trying to move up for a quarterback kind of how we're we're projecting how things will go uh there um so i think in terms of where they will look at there you know if they can't get a trade is at the wide receiver position obviously kenny galladay left in free agency so did marvin jones there uh so i think they'll pick between the two alabama guys uh, as far as Devontae smith or jalen waddle i think in terms of what they'll look for in terms of kind of that physical dude uh, explosive, what what they were able to do on when they had the, the ball in their hands, and that's Jalen Waddle, uh, the wide receiver out of Alabama. I think he go he fits perfectly in kind of what the Lions want to do offensively with they've added Brashad Perriman, uh, Tyrell Williams, kind of the, the bigger outside guys. Uh, they can they can put Waddle in the slot, move them all around, kind of be that chess piece and that Anthony Lynn to go. They got also T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end who was a Pro Bowler. Uh, there, so many different options there, but I think as far as uh, Jalen Waddle be a great fit for Jared Goff as they try to rebuild, reload there in Motown. I love that selection, and I, I was curious, and I mean it wasn't like I meant to that, but I was curious where you were going to go just because we still had Trey Lance and Justin Fields on the board. I wasn't going to sure if they were going to shift gears and and you know kind of bypass the Jared Goff era real early, but um, you got him taking Jalen Waddle, and I could totally see why. And it, it, I mean, man, there's going to be some good wide receivers coming out of this draft class. So we're off to the eighth pick in the Carolina Panthers. As was mentioned at the top of the show, they made the big breaking news today by acquiring Sam Donald off the New York Jets. And that was assumed to be a quarterback needy team, but they solidified that need by making the trade this afternoon. So that opens up a plethora of another positions. Um, I think with Luke Keekley retiring, and I know Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, has had some rumblings about character issues, but I think talent-wise, I think he's going to be the guy. He's a top-ten pick that's a, that fills a need. And I, I, I just think with you know them signing Robbie Anderson last year and D.J. Moore emerging as a, as a, a quality receiver, I just think the weapons are there. And if it wasn't going to be Micah Parsons, I still 
would go with an offensive lineman or such. But with that said, I'm going to put the Penn State linebacker, Micah Persons, here with the eight selection to the Carolina Panthers, which brings you to the Denver Broncos, and we possibly be, could could he, a good quarterback here off the board, but that remains to be seen until you announce the ninth selection, Justin. Well, I, you know, I think in terms of, you know, Denver sitting here never thinking that they would have an option between a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. So I think they're in, in a great position, how, how the board and how things have, have fallen there. Um, I think, you know, they, they had, for Drew Locke, they've seen what he's going to be able to do there. I think they want more of a guy who is, is more polished, is not a guy who you, you know, got to, got to, as far as let sit for a year. And I think that's Justin Fields. I think as far as Denver sits there, the sits there with the ninth pick and gets Justin Fields, allows him to go in there with that offense as far as the skill players that they have and really compete and try to take over that job uh, there in Denver. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think Justin Fields is the second quarterback in this draft and they, it's the fourth quarterback that goes off the board and the ninth pick, and they really feel like that would be a value uh, there. So I think as far as they'll, they'll go ahead and take uh, Justin Fields if this is how the draft falls for them. Now, now, Justin, I mean, if this happens, and, and it's no secret that there's plenty of rumors going around that Dow, or the Denver Broncos could be already, you know, finished with Drew Locke. I mean, do, do, you, do, do, you, do you think Drew Locke is sent draft weekend? I mean, put it this way. Do you think Drew Locke's on the Broncos roster if the the Broncos select a quarterback in the first round, regardless of who it is? I, you know, I, I, I think so. I think in terms of, you know, now they did package to try to package him in the Matthew Stafford trade to try to get Stafford from uh-huh. the Lions. You know, they were going to they were going to include Drew Locke in that trade because Detroit was looking for a quarterback back. But in, in terms of, I think, how, how the things have played out in terms of where the quarterbacks have gone, you know, I don't see them training him to New England or, you know, you know, maybe to Chicago, but I just don't think that happens. I think they keep him on the roster and know, okay, hey, number one, he can compete for that job. Uh, number two, he's, he's on a, a, a rookie contract. He's only in year three of that. So we've got we we control his his rights for the next two years or next two seasons, the 2021 and 2022 season. So we could we could potentially trade him. Let's say if there's an injury like in training camp, like we saw as far as years ago, where as far as Sam Bradford was traded for a one during training camp because of the injury to Teddy Bridgewater uh, there. So huh. I think they they hold on him as an asset to see okay what team doesn't get a quarterback. And then, you know, we could potentially move him later. If we, if, if we don't get the right thing, maybe we move him in the offseason there so, uh, or let it to play out or he's our backup. So I think as far as they use him as more as let's hold him on and, and use that asset that we have um, at, at a later, later time. I don't think it's a draft day trade or something like we saw where, where Arizona took Kyler Murray and then the next day of the draft they traded Josh Rosen. I don't think we see that. I think it's later if they trade him. Nice, nice. And, you know, and Denver, I mean, I like Denver. I thought Denver was going to be a sneaky playoff team last year. I thought Vic Vangio did a nice job. And they had some hard losses, and then Drew Locke goes down. I mean, they made their ball. But, you know, Cortland Sutton, ACL, he comes back. Jerry Judy, I mean, they got some Noah Font. I mean, they got some nice pieces for a quarterback to kind of grow and develop into a guy that can, you know, put, you know, at least have targets and some bodies that are able to move you up the chains. 
We're here on the 2021 NFL Map Show. You're here with Justin Van Fulton, myself, Bo Marshani. You can always catch these shows on Apple Music, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. You can find this particular show. You just type in the College Pro NFL Draft Blast. You can listen to it, download it, listen to it at your leisure. And we're heading to the 10th pick, and I have the Dallas Cowboys. And we know they don't need a quarterback because they signed Dak Prescott to the long-term deal. Um, Justin, you know, last year, and I went back and looked at my mock draft from last year. I actually had them taking C.D. Lamb, so I patted myself on the back. I would love, <laughs> love to double down and give them Devontae Smith. I just, but they can't do it because they just, they're just, they need help on defense. That would be such a fun, fun, fun pick to think that Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and you know, and in in Ezekiel Elliott and. And then you bring in, you know, the likes of a Demonte Smith. I just think that would just be, you know, cuckoo for cocoa puff type you know, atmosphere for the Dallas Cowboys. But last year, Byron Jones, he signed a contract with the Miami Dolphins, five years, $82 million. And that defense, that secondary, I thought they were a little bit in shambles. So I'm going to go with the – and we mentioned it on the last show with uh, the Miami kid. Um, I'm going to go with Patrick Sertain, his father, Patrick Sertain Sr., three-time pro bowler. And I think Dallas solidifies the back end with the first defensive back off the board. I'm going to have them take Patrick Sertain. Yeah, I think that's a, as far as a great pick. Um, fills a need. Uh, also, as far as gets great value there with the 10th pick. Yeah, definitely. And, and now it brings you to the Giants. And the Giants, I mean, well, I mean, you're still looking at – I mean, granted, they got Daniel Jones, but, I mean, you're still looking at Devontae Smith, Trey Lance. Uh, it's all the – all the offensive tackles are on the board, absent of Penny Sewell. You know, it, it's a pretty deep draft. I mean, when we're, you know we're going off the buff, you know, sometimes you look at the boards when you're going down them, you're kind of like, oh man, it's getting scarce. But you know, you know, you got your first DB taken at ten, you got one tackle taken at four, and we got skill guys. So it's a pretty plentiful draft to grab a lot of needs. And with that said, Justin, you get the Giants at eleven. Yeah, and obviously, you know, in terms of they could go for Devontae Smith. I think that would have been the pick. They don't give Kenny Galladay the big deal. They brought in John Ross, who was a, a top ten pick uh, a couple of years ago on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. Uh, they still got Sherling Sepper. They still got um, Slayton. They're getting back as uh, far as uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, they really need it for Daniel Jones to improve. So I think as far as they go the offensive line and go – as far as Rashawn Slater, either play him at, at tackle, at guard, but again, as far as they need this offense, and again, in this division where, you know, you've got Philadelphia, Dallas, Washington, and nobody's really a dominant team, they could really come and surprise and, and basically, you know, go from, you know, a, a bad team to a really good team as far as, and so I think as far as at that, adding to that offensive line and the versatility that Rashawn Slater can give. He can play all up and down, you know, down that offensive line. So I think as far as Slater's the value pick for them here, uh, gives them as far as protection for Daniel Jones, helps open some holes for Saquon Barkley, and they go ahead and they try to, to turn this uh, ship around there with the, the big blue nation. Uh, you know, Justin, that's who I was going to take with the next pick. I, you know, I mean, Philadelphia allowed the most sacks in the NFL last year, so I'm definitely going offensive lineman. I mean, I know Devontae Smith, he's, you know, he's great, but, again, we got a deep relieving class, and I had Slater as my next guy off the board. That's who I wanted the Eagles to get so they can protect Jalen Hurts as he becomes the starter in 2020 after his rookie season where he filled in for Carson Wentz. 
Uh, so I got I got Philly at 12, and I, I'm trying to think now. I can't take Rashawn Slater. You took him off the board. I do know that Darius Slay is probably their only quality DB, but I don't know where they're going to go. So I'm going to go Christian Dorsaw, the Virginia Tech offensive tackle. And now, Justin, with two offensive tackles going back-to-back, now this really actually feels like a real draft. I feel like we're sitting here on Thursday night watching the board actually come to fruition because it's you know how it goes. I mean, it's, these offensive tackles, teams love to build inside out, and I think Darisaw, the Virginia Tech kid, is going to be the chart, the Phillies guy. they got to protect Jalen Hurts. they got to avoid giving up 65 sacks. The next closest team were the Texans and the Giants with 50. So just think about what shambles that Philly line was in. So we got Darisaw um, going number 12. Brings you to the Chargers at 13, Justin. Yeah, in San Diego, obviously they had – excuse me, the L.A. Chargers, they obviously had a kind of a, a resurgence late in the season. You know, they lost some close games. Uh, they have great as far as outside, as far as receivers uh, there, as far as Justin Herbert – as far as it really was a great rookie year there, they added Jared Cook, you know, in the off season. As far as Austin Eckler, we we talk about as far as their uh, defensive line in terms of Joey Bosa. Now again, Melvin Ingram, their pass rusher, what you know is not is not there, um, you know, and so to me, they've got some interesting as far as choices here. I could see, again, we talked about as far as the quarterbacks, you know, driving force. You know, somebody could try to trade up in, in as far as draft, uh, as far as Trey Lance since he's still available there. But I think they, they look and go, okay, let's see what we need. Let's go get as far as the best defensive player that's still on the board. And to me, that's Jeremiah Owusu-Kamara from Notre Dame. And I think they go ahead and pair him with the – First round pick that they had last year, and uh, far as Murray, the Oklahoma, uh, far as linebacker, and go ahead and go. Hey, this guy with Kenneth Murray with uh, the Notre Dame uh, linebacker, we've got some some players in that front seven to go with Joey Bosa, Limbo Joseph, uh, Justin Ter- uh, Turney Lee. As far as they had picked him in 2019 out of Notre Dame, uh, in their with their first round pick. So I think they go back to South Bend and take the linebacker there. That's, I love that pick. I love that pick. And uh, I tell you what, he's a nice – he's that hybrid kid. He's a quick kid. He's, I mean, there's a lot, to, a lot, a lot to love about him. And like I said, I, 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 just doing this mock draft with you, I would love to be sitting and watching the draft and seeing that pick come off the board. I, I think that would be really, really intriguing. And, and it's a smart pick as well. So I got the Minnesota Vikings with the 14th selection. And you know what? With Trey Lance, Justin, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm thinking, you know, could do the you know, Kirk Cousins? Do they they pull the trigger? Do they do something crazy here and get Trey Lance off the board? Are they tempted just to see his name and knowing what? Hey, we might get this guy. But uh, you know what? They had to release Riley Reese earlier this year, and I I just think it goes back to the offensive line. I I think that this team they're built around Dalvin Cook and him being the runner that he is, and I, I think the next tackle that I would take off the board is Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he's the guy that we're going to see come off the board, and I, I think just with what Minnesota wants to do in terms of what they need, I think that's where they're going to go. So I'm going to put Vera Tucker the board, and then that puts you with the New England Patriots. And, man, you got to have love having the Patriots at 15, just 
you know, it's Bill Belichick. You get the pick for Bill Belichick, Justin. Well, you know, I think in terms of they're sitting there and going, hey, we thought we ha- would have to trade up to get a quarterback. <laughs> but Trey Lance is still sitting there in North Dakota State. They can use the for as a redshirt year. They can let Cam Newton, he's on a one-year deal, uh, you know, for his play this season. And basically we could have the same type offense, you know, for his running like, you know, that we do in the future. Let Cam play this year. And we turn the things over to Trey Lance. And I think that's a, a marriage, you know, made in heaven. And I think as far as Bill Belichick, he, he, you know, once he sees that he's available, he doesn't use that full 10 minutes. He writes that card and turns it in ASAP and says, hey, Trey, Trey Lance, come here. Learn from the best. Learn as far as, yeah, it was, you know, Tom Brady was here for many years. But we think you can be an elite quarterback here in, in our system as well. I love it. And, you know, Justin, this is kind of how the draft goes on draft night. I mean, you know, we're doing the show. You, you're, you're kind of thinking what teams need, what direction they want to go. But so many times, so many times, as you watch the draft unfold, usually what you think doesn't come to fruition. But uh, I think we'd all be shocked. But as much as we'd be shocked, I think that's the reality of the National Football League and the NFL draft is you could see Trey Lance slipping. You could see this you know, Mahoning Valley Football Conference quarterback who's had a couple seasons under his belt, and teams maybe get a little nervous about that, and he slips to 15. Um, that puts me on the clock at 16 to the Arizona Cardinals, and for the longest time, I and I just had this, I was having him taking Rondell Moore, the Purdue receiver. He ran a 4-2-9. I'm thinking, they're going receiver here. A.J. Green's washed up. He's 33 in July. I wasn't going to give any credence to them signing him this offseason. I had them taking a receiver. And I believe, usually correct me here, because I usually mess this up by this point, but I believe Devonta Smith is still on the board. He's available. He is available, and Arizona is now going to have Christian Kirk, arguably the best receiver in the National Football League, and DeAndre Hopkins, and they're going to add this speedster from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith, pairing in Cliff Kingsbury high octane offense. That's definitely going to draw some attention and get the crowd buzzing in Cleveland when they see that. And I think uh, anyone in the NFC West, those defensive coordinators are going to kind of cringe thinking about what uh, Cliff Kingsbury can kind of bring to the table. With that said, Justin, now we're off to the seventh, 17th overall selection to the Los Angeles, or I should say the Las Vegas Raiders. Take it away, my man. Yeah, and, you know, and again, I, with with Devontae Smith sitting there, I, you know, I didn't think you were going to take him as far as with Arizona because of they signed A.J. Green. But as far as you made, you know, as far as a really good point in terms of his age and injury history there. So I thought the Raiders would go back-to-back with, with you know, Alabama receivers there. Uh, but without with him not being on the board, I think the, the Raiders then would have to kind of reconsider kind of what they're doing there, you know, and, and I think in terms of now they, they switched to kind of that defensive mold. Uh, Damon Arnett, they took in the first round last year, didn't work out as well as they had, would have wanted it to in terms of playing his rookie season. Um, there is some concern with Caleb Farley's back, uh, you know, there as far as obviously didn't, um, didn't, you know, as far as tested before he had some back surgery, they say it's a it's a, you know, six months, they'll be back and ready to go. As far as the Raiders are all about speed, length, 
you know, wanting to, as far as make big plays, they take risk. Obviously, as far as Las Vegas is the gambling capital of the United States and probably <laughs> the world, so they take a big gamble and draft Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. I love that pick. I love that pick, Justin. I love that pick. I, I actually, I, I got Miami coming up here at 18, and that's that's what I was actually kind of thinking him. And uh, since you took him off the board, I got to kind of re, uh, rethink what direction I'm going to go here. Um, I had Miami earlier, and who would I have? The, I had them taking. Uh, trying to got to go back and look because where were they picking here? I had them taking Kyle Pitts. So I think Brian Flores addresses the defense. Uh, where do I want to go with this one? I feel like I kind of got a wide open thing. I could take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina if I didn't get Farley. I'm going to pass on that, and I'm going to take a guy close to you, um, the Michigan defensive end, Quiddy Pay. I, I think that they could use an edge rusher. I think they could use some pulse on that 3-4 defense. Kyle Van Noy left, so I think they need some influx of talent on the defensive side. So I'm going to give it to Pay. I think he's a tough kid, and you know, Michigan has had a, a good run of producing some quality uh, D linemen over the last uh, few years. So I'm going to go with Pay at 18, which brings you to 19 with the Washington football team. Yeah, and I think in terms of what they're what they're looking to do in terms of building, as far as their defense, uh, also in terms of their offensive line, there you know could be a, a kind of a question as far as Mark there. Uh, but I think in terms of they really look and go, okay, hey, what's the as far as the best kind of player? What are we going to be looking looking for there? They've got obviously, obviously they've had you know some success, sex there. Um, so I think in terms of where they would be going with, and, and as far as he had a great pro day, big size, physical guy is Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Oh, look at you getting creative. I like that. Nice pick, man. Ooh, that's a good one, Justin. We're taking some of my guys later in the first round. I'm going to have to start using more of my clock or taking the guys off my board. This is kind of a PG-13 show. If not, I'd be cussing. If we were off the air, I'd be throwing some F-bombs down on our draft team with Jay Van here. So, great pick. It puts me on the clock with the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know what? I mean, with the quarterbacks gone, they kind of miss out on Trey Lance going 15 to the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, you got to wonder what direction this team's going to go. Mitchell Trubisky is now a backup quarterback, and now they got Andy Dalton, who was a backup quarterback prior to Dak Prescott getting hurt last year. So, uh, plenty of options on the table for the Chicago Bears. I'll tell you, Justin, as much as I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of like to think I have a pulse for what's going on, but when I look at this particular pick, even when we were kind of getting ready for the show, I, I just kept looking at the Bears and thinking to myself, I really don't know where they're going to go. But on the flip side of that, I think it's just an easy direction because I think there's so many needs that you can kind of say, hey, you know what, we could give them this, we could give them that, we could, you know, we could do this, we could do that. So um, quarterback, I don't, think they, I don't think they take any of these guys. If they're going to go that route, I, I think they go a little bit later in the draft. And you know what, I'm going to give them – who do I want to give them right now? I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go defensive line. I believe I could be wrong, but I think I'm going to go defensive line. No, you know what, Justin? I'm going to change gears. I actually, I'm going to go with the G's Ajuli, the uh, Georgia edge kind of defensive outside linebacker. 
him and Khalil Mack. Um, Leonard Floyd ain't there no more. Um, big breakout year. I think he had like almost 10 sacks. So I'm going to go with the G's. I had a G's going earlier. I wanted to put a G's with the Dolphins, but I didn't think Pay would be around. So Pay took my Dolphins guy, which has um, the G's falls to the Bears, which puts you on the clock, 21, to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, as far as I think what the Indianapolis Colts are looking to do is go, hey, how far as do we get Carson Wentz to play at an elite level? And I think as far as it comes down to protection, um, and as far as what, what are we going to as far as do in terms of with our offensive line? And I think the, the best guy that's still available is Tevin uh, Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. And I think that's where they, they go is, hey, we've got – Jonathan Taylor, the running back. We've got Michael Pittman. We re-signed T.Y. Hilton. We got Jack Doyle. We've got, you know, as far as uh, Carson Wentz. Let's protect him. And, and, again, we can find, you know, some other guys. We've got Paris Campbell, who was a second-round pick a couple of years ago, who's a speedster. So let's go ahead and get Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle, out of Oklahoma State. Can he play – will play right tackle? Will he play guard? Can he actually play left tackle? You know, again, I think he's got some – Position flexibility, position versatility there. He just, you know, you want to start the best five guys, and he's a guy who can play a lot of different areas there for you. And, again, was a dominant run blocker at Oklahoma State. And I think in terms of that's what the Indianapolis Colts want to do is be a run-first team with Jonathan Taylor and let Carson Wentz do a lot of play action, and Tevin Jenkins makes a lot of sense to them with the, in the first round. Yeah, and they're great. And that's a, I see a Chris Ballard. You know, Chris Ballard just builds those subtle interior type picks and he just kind of goes about his business. And he's he's building a hell of a team in Indianapolis. And uh, it's nice to see him having the success that he is. That puts me on the clock with the Tennessee Titans at number 22. And this particular pick, and I'm just basically going off because I think he's a, I think he's a top 15 guy in my own personal opinion. So I'm going to give them a wide receiver. We know Corey Davis went to the New York Jets, and I'm going to give them a wide receiver. And it was a guy that I know you mentioned during our receiver show, but I'm going to give them Kadarius Toney, the Florida wide receiver, and just keep that offense not missing a beat and have them continue to prosper with A.J. Brown and Henry and just doing what they're doing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, or Ryan Tannehill, I should say, slinging the football, and that's where I'm going to go. Receiver, Kadarius Tony, Florida, 22 to the Tennessee Titans, which puts us back on the clock again with the New York Jets. Well, the Jets, they're looking so far as to build. Obviously, like you had talked about in terms of the Sam Darnold trade, you gave them Zach Wilson uh, with, with your first pick there with the, the Jets. And, again, I think that's where they go. And I think the, the NFL really looks at that. So then it's, okay, what, what do we else need uh, there? As far as their cornerbacks aren't that great, and J.C. Horn is still available, still out there, best guy still you know available on my board. I bet this is still the best guy available on the Jets board, so they take the cornerback, J.C. Horn, out of South Carolina, Joe Horn's son. Yeah, and that too, a nice, that's a great pick. I, I wanted to take him with the Titans, but I just thought need-wise, yeah, you know, the Titans, I, I think you could see him going receiver rather than J.C. Horn. And, again, uh, him and uh, Israel Mokawamu, um, the two uh, defensive backs that uh, South Carolina had, very, very talented. And one want to argue one of the most talented tandems in the uh, – Power five programs, a very talented thing. 
24th pick. It's kind of ironic that Justin had the odds, or the, the odds, and he got the Lions at seven, and I get the evens, and I get my hometown Pittsburgh Steelers with the 24th overall selection. And uh, it, it's kind of weird when I think a team needs. There's a lot of them. I didn't think that was the case early on, but um, I definitely think there's a there's a need for a, a lot of positions-wise where I could go in a lot of different directions and try to help this this roster out. Um, I'm going to go offensive line. I'm going to go with Dylan Rundins, the North Dakota State tackle. Um, we still don't know what they're going to do with the left or right side of the line, and they need to kind of, I think, build from where in. I know – Running back and Najee Harris is a popular pick, but I just think with running backs being so deep and, you know, you still got Todd Gurley, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell still on the board in free agency. I don't think that that's going to be a decision the Steelers need to make in the first round. So I'm going to give them the North of State attack tackle, and then it's going to put you on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars for their pick via the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and I think in terms of, Obviously, they took a, a first-round pick there in Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. Uh, they spent some money in free agency, uh, you know, got as far as Marvin Jones, as far as the wide receiver. They franchised Cam Robinson as far as their left tackle there. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of maybe what they'll do is, hey, let's go ahead and, and get Trevor some more weapons. We've got James Robinson there. That was a, a great story as far as the college free agent. Uh, that he had a great year there. Let's pair him with his college teammate, and let's go Travis Etienne uh, there, and, and for his and, and kind of have let's James Robinson be the kind of the the thunder, and Travis Etienne be the lightning, and for his pair give uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit of a security blanket there, a guy who he played all three years there at Clemson. Wow, Dabo Sweeney getting his guys in the first round, that offensive firepower at the Clemson Tigers coming through. JVP putting them on the board. Love that. The, the uh, draft audience would be excited seeing two skill positions of their caliber headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I love it. It brings me on the board with the 26th pick, and this is usually a position the Browns don't find themselves in unless they had somebody else's number one pick. Usually they're hovering around the top five over their lack of wins for a long, long time. But nonetheless, they've turned it around, and uh, well, 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 well-deserved season they did last year. Big, big uh, upset win in the first round of the playoffs over the Steelers, and then the uh, close game they played for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they definitely got uh, firepower and a lot of things going in their direction. Um, I think the Browns, I'm going to give them Jason Owen, the edge rusher out of Penn State. I think uh, Oliver Vanier, he, he got hurt at the end of the year, and he won't be back, so... I think they're going to look for a little bit more pressure to help Miles Garrett and add some more pass rush, and I think that's going to come off the edge. So I'm going to give them uh, Jason Owen, the Penn State edge kid, and that puts you on the board with another AFC North team and the Baltimore Ravens. And we're going to go back-to-back as far as pass rushers. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens lost uh, Matt Judon to the uh, New England Patriots there. So I think they look and go, hey, who's the best pass rusher still left on that board, and that's Gregory Rousseau, the defensive end from Miami. Uh, again, he's, he's potentially maybe he's just a one-trick pony, just an edge guy there. But what he does is he does very well. So I think in terms of they look at their board, they value as far as defensive uh, guys who can rush the passer, and they're going to want to be able to get after Ben Roethlisberger, um, get after um, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield in their division, and 
adds to the pass rush, and I think that's what they do getting the defensive end out of Miami. I love it. Excellent stuff. And then and then puts me on the board with the Saints, and we know Jameis Winston. Um, probably, well, in my mind, he'll be the starter there. But no Drew Brees. It's going to be a weird offseason. I don't think they reach for any of the quarterbacks this late in the first round. If one of the top guys ended up slipping a la like an Aaron Rodgers, you might see a move by the New Orleans Saints. But I think Sean Payton and those guys and Mickey Loomis stay put at 28. On the board, I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball here, and this might be a strange one, but nonetheless, it's a pick that I want to have, and he's going to be the first safety off the board, and I'm going to put Trayvon Morig, the TCU safety, and I like the kid. I think he can add some pulse to that defense, that secondary, if you will. Seems like ages ago Kenny Ficarro was the guy, but, you know, he's no longer there. So I'm going to put Trayvon Morig, the TCU safety, in at 28 for the Saints, and that puts you on the board up there with the Green Bay Packers, Justin. And, and again, obviously, the Green Bay Packers, um, they like to build through the draft. As uh, far as, obviously, we saw what they did last year, trading up to get Jordan Love, which is a shocker when you have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played to the MVP-type level. Uh, a lot of people, you know, were discounting him in terms of, you know, not adding, not discounting him, but discounting the organization by not adding a wide receiver last year in the first round. And I don't think the Green Bay Packers add a, a skill position this year as well. I think they go. Back, I think they go defensively, and they go to for Kentucky and get Jamin Davis, the inside linebacker out of Kentucky. Just as far as that athleticism, as far as we saw what they got, they got beat in the NFC Championship game. As far as defensively, I think he adds a lot of a playmaking ability, and I think that's what they say. Hey, we've got Rodgers. As uh, far as we're getting um, Devin Funches back, he had opted out because of COVID uh, last year. We're getting him back. Um, and so let's go ahead and go out and build on defense. Add as far as this linebacker who ran uh, awesomely, that hit their pro day last week, had a, a, a ridiculous vertical jump there. So in terms of Jamin Davis, the inside linebacker out of Kentucky, goes to the Green Bay Packers. I love it. Uh, I like that pick. And, 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 and for anyone out there listening, if you're listening to the show and you're like, these two are making such goofy, just think last year when we watched Jordan Love come off the board to the Green Bay Packers, and then you witnessed what Aaron Rodgers did at an MVP level. So as much as you might think some of our picks are a little out of sorts, nonetheless, look at the NFL draft and how things actually shake out on draft night, and these things kind of make a little bit more sense because no one knows but as much as you think you think you're going to get it right, it usually when it doesn't happen at all, which puts me on the clock with the Buffalo Bills, the resurgence of the Bills Mafia. And, you know, what? I, I, I just, you know, to me, Buffalo, just it's cold weather. It's football in my mind. Bills Mafia, I think, could be probably my favorite fan group out there, Justin. I just I love the way that they kind of rally and just uh, kind of just seems like the, you know, the Green Bay of the East if you will. Um, with that said, I, I really, you know, I'm thinking Najee Harris here, Justin. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking Najee Harris because, you know, I, I, I like the running backs, I, you know, but I, I just think if they had a home run hitter just to kind of set that offense off, I think that would be kind of the way to go. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I want to go that route, and I'm going to actually execute the pick. So, I don't think anyone saw two running backs coming off the board. You surprised with Travis Atn going 25 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
to pair with his buddy from college, Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to add the big running back. Zach Moss last year, Devlin Singletary the year before. But they're going to say, you know what, we're going to cut that cord. We're going to go with the big-time hammer. Remember, they're in the mix to get Le'Veon Bell last year when he was released by the Jets. I think they get their bell cow running back and Najee Harris. And surprise, surprise, we get 221, two running backs out of the first round, which I didn't think was going to happen. But nonetheless, I didn't think Jordan Love was going to the Packers. That said, Justin, you now have the 31st pick with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and obviously we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody saw, you know, there. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Obviously, Eric Fisher had an Achilles in the uh, AFC Championship game. They've released him. They released their other as far as offensive tackle. Um, They signed Joe Tooney to a massive deal. They brought in Kyle Long. He was out of retirement. You know, the question is, is, you know, what's uh, as far as the the doctor, um, Lenart Duvernay, you know, um, I'm gonna, I just messed up his name, but as far as you knew, I was talking about that who had opted out because of uh, of COVID. There, they you know they'll, they'll get him back. They'll get um, some you know some other guys. Obviously, as far as Fisher was a guy who they would released, but I think they stay as far as that offensive line and go. Hey, we've got to we've got to build that because we've got to protect you know as far as Patrick Mahomes and that investment that we have in here. And to me, the best offensive tackle that's still left on the board is. Liam, Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. I think, you know, they go, go with him there. They might like somebody else, maybe a Walker Little, who was a, a hot prospect a couple of years ago before he had an injury and then opted out, or a, a Sam Cosby, an offensive tackle out of Texas who had a really great pro day there. But I think in terms of when it's all sitting down, they, they go with the Notre Dame guy. It's kind of just, okay, hey, it's, it's more of a hitting a, a single than, hey, going for kind of a home run in a Walker Little who had, you know, who's, hasn't played football in a, in a couple of years because of an injury and opted out. Uh, he's probably better for a ceiling than Etchenberg. But I think they just go ahead and say, hey, let's just go ahead and get somebody that we can protect Mahomes there and try to get this back to the Super Bowl for a third year in a row. I love it. And it's great. It's been fabulous. But, man, I, when we really went through this, Justin. I, I, I mean, one, I, I can't believe we're almost under an hour. and We got all through picks, and I thought we were pretty thorough. I mean, you know, it's not like we just picked names. I'm going to put you on the clock with the defending Super Bowl champions, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they just re-signed two, but I'm going to have them take – I don't think he's been taken, but you'll correct me if I'm wrong um, – Christian Barmore, the Alabama D-tackle. I believe he's still on the board. He's available. Yep, I just think uh, you know they they you know amazing enough Tampa Bay was able to resign you know basically everybody absent of Antonio Brown and who knows where that's going to end up if they decide to you know have him return but you know I, I think the defensive front Sue you know it's not like the age is on his side and instead of getting off those one year deals they actually bring a first round talent in with some youth and somebody they can build around on the opposite side of the ball so I'm going to give them Christian Barmore and. I tell you what, Justin, my favorite pick you made was uh, – I, I think the Zavin, the, the Zavin Collins pick was my favorite pick you made. I really loved that particular selection. But when I looked down the board of what I was written down as our picks came off the board, as much as it's goofy, I, I, do, I think there's some truth to where we made our picks. Yeah, I definitely you know, agree with you. I think, you know, like you had mentioned in terms of earlier, hey, you know, um, no one saw – as far as what the Green Bay did, as far as what Jordan Love last year, with a lot of lot of picks, and and it'll be 
we'll be sitting, you know, uh, Thursday night in a, in three three plus weeks and going, and there'll be somebody that that pops off the board that no one will think as far as and a guy like you know whether it's a Zayvon Collins that a lot of people didn't talk about uh, during the season, or like you had Tony going to the the uh, Tennessee Titans. That okay, yeah, that makes some sense because of who they lost there. So um, you know, I think in terms of there's there's a lot of different ways that you can go, but I think in terms of how we developed the mock and and how you had to kind of pick and choose there where it was going because it's just like NFL teams because somebody like you said, hey, that was my guy who I was going to take, and now you had to go in a different direction. And that's the same thing with NFL teams. It's it's not all laid out nice and pretty. It's, hey, you've got to make some decisions on the fly, but you got to say, okay, hey, this is the guys who we're comfortable with, you know, picking if we don't get, you know, our guy, especially when you get to the – the 13s, the 15s, the 20 type range there. Yeah, and, you know, sitting here knowing that I had the 20, 20th pick of the Chicago Bears and, you know, is, is the Vikings, I'm on the board with the Vikings and Trey Lance is there and I know the Patriots are sitting at 15. I know we didn't do any trades, but in my GM mindset, I'm like I am pulling the trigger as the Bears GM and I'm moving up to 14 to leapfrog these New England Patriots and I'm going to secure the rights to the North Dakota State quarterback, Trey Lance. But just part of funding the game, and like I said, it's just fun. You know, like I said, when you see how some of these picks shake out, it kind of does send you the realization of this is how it gets. And you mentioned it earlier with Damon Arnett. When Damon Arnett came off the board last year to the uh, well, the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, that was a mind-blowing pick. I mean, you know, he was a, you know, borderline first-round grade, but most of the time, I mean, you're talking second and third-round grade. You know, I just thought they reached for him. And then, again, you got Jordan Love going in there. CeeDee Lamb, even though I had him going to the Cowboys at the time, I don't think anyone would have thought, hey, are they going to really add another wide receiver? But, you know, the, the draft unfolds. And, I mean, look at who we got, Devontae Smith going to the Cardinals. I mean, you know, if I just to me, that's kind of like a CeeDee Lamb pick. I don't think the Cardinals really plan on getting the their, you know, fingers and graphs on a Devontae Smith. But then, again, if he falls to you, just like Trey Lance, the 15, you got to pull the trigger. Justin, fabulous show, man. Um, hopefully we can maybe have time to do another one as we really, really uh, get close to the draft. And we'll have some more podcasts for you as we these weeks approach. But, hey, man, fabulous job, and we appreciate you. Yeah, what, one quick question. I just wanted to kind of wrap this up. Is there anybody, you know, and I'll, I'll give you a couple names after kind of hearing what you have to say. Is there anybody in terms of that you had or think could potentially go in the first round that we didn't select here in this mock? No, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Greg Newsom, the defensive back out of Northwestern. You know, I mean, I could see maybe a couple, you know, and I just kind of start thinking division or position-wise, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to get a, a top-flight DB, just kind of like we mentioned Kyle Pitts in the tight ends. I mean, you get that top guy, and then you get that big, big gap. And, you know, if you can get one of these top-flight guys, and we know running backs are pushed down the board, we know it's a deep receiving class. So, you know, the second, third round, I think you're having an influx of those receivers coming off the board. But I, I think Greg Newsom would have been a guy that comes to my mind off the top of my head. But, you know, um, absent of him, like right off the cup, I mean, he's the guy, but – you know, I, I think him, I, I think Creed Humphrey, the center for Oklahoma, he seems like there's always a center somehow that kind of sneaks into the first round. With that said, anyone that you thought would definitely be there but <laughs> somehow makes yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, 
I'm with you on as far as the, you know, the, the DB on Northwestern, Greg Newsom, but also as far as Jalen Phillips, the defensive end out of Miami, he's a guy who I know is moving up uh, as far as teams, teams boards there. And potentially another as far as wide receiver, uh, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU, uh, or some people like Rashard Bateman out of uh, Minnesota. I don't think Bateman goes there. And maybe maybe it's a little too rich in terms of Marshall and you get him in the second round, kind of like uh, T. Higgins was last year where a lot of people had thought T. Higgins was going to go in the first round, and then he's the number one pick in the second round of the Cincinnati Bengals, and they team him up with Joe Burrow. Uh, but as far as, you know, like I said, I think Greg Newsom. They're the corner, and uh, Forrest Phillips, the pass rusher out of out of Miami, are two guys that potentially, you know, um, could be first rounders that we didn't we didn't have in this mock draft. Yeah, and you know, and we're going to see guys. I mean, and that's the fun part about it. Nobody knows, and NFL teams, we've seen it year in and year out, and this year is not going to change um, in terms of uh, guys that are going to go a little bit higher, guys that are going to slip, and then guys that we never saw coming on Thursday night. We definitely thought we'd maybe hear their names on Friday. But lo and behold, they kind of surprised us. And it's been a long time coming, Justin. Much love to you. Stay safe. And you you said you got your first COVID shot yesterday. I'm about to get mine tomorrow. So we'll be on our way to uh, COVID freedom, hopefully. And next year, we'll be doing our thing, combine, all-star games, and kind of making the tour as we build towards the 2022 NFL draft. That's right. Can't wait to see you in person, brother. Much love to you, my man. Stace, once again, that is Justin Van Fulpen, the NFL Draft Guru. You can follow him on Twitter at J-V-A-N-F-U-L-P-E-A-N, and you can check his football workout at Football Next Level. As always, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us here on a C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.